Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. With her chick. The whole time, this, uh, this chick has been protected by the Father. It's a powerful image of all uh, how God designed these emperor penguins. But as I was thinking about my message tonight, I was thinking about us as we are approaching this time of revival. I was thinking about marriages in this place and other couples who have pre-registered. I was thinking about how much wonderful opportunity we have to receive from God in the next few days. And I started to look at that uh, penguin chick, and I started to identify. Because I don't know about you, sometimes I get hungry. And I'm not talking about Chick-fil-A. I get hungry, and I get desperate for God to move. And tonight, as we're gathering here in this place, we are approaching a moment that I believe could be something like this, that we are going to receive something from God in the next week. Between now and next Thursday, I believe God is bringing some nutrients our way. God has been preparing. God has been doing some work behind the scenes. The question is tonight, is He going to find anybody who will be able to hear the voice. This miracle act of nutrition causes the chick to survive. But I want to tell you, it starts with the ears to hear. It started with the common call that the mother penguin called out to the father penguin. And as they began to listen, beyond all the crowds of the other penguins, they have a singular unique call that brought them together and it was that call that saved the life of that little chick and promised that it would have a future tonight if we are going to receive the life-giving spiritual nutrients that we need in next week we're going to need to have ears to hear the voice of god and that's what this scripture is about tonight luke 8 Verse 5, the Word of God says these words. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse 8, but others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. 
When he had said these things, he cried. This is the phrase that you need to keep in your mind. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus tonight once again, seeking your will and purpose in our lives. God, we come to you tonight desperate, approaching a time, God, where you are going to pour out your spirit. But God, all that you have done to prepare, all that you have done to uh, make this moment possible, God, it will only be helpful if there are people here that have ears to hear and hearts that are willing to obey. And we thank you tonight. Challenge us once again in your wonderful name we pray. God's people would say, Amen. Amen. Let me first start with you. This is a message I've titled, Ears to Hear. And what we must be reminded tonight is that God is a farmer. God is a farmer. Maybe another way to say that would make more sense to modern ears is that God is an investor. Have you ever seen the show Shark Tank? We were watching this show at my mom's house the other day. And uh, Shark Tank is, is, a, is a, a program where uh, people who have come up with a business idea or some kind of invention or a product or a service, they're presenting their idea to a group of investors. And these are business savvy people who have had lots of experience in the business world. And by the way, they've got a pile full of money. And they are examining the ideas, and even more so, they are examining the people who have the ideas to see if this is a cause that they would be willing to invest in. They would be willing to take the precious money that they have earned and invest it into a new idea or a new product with the hope of what? That that investment would have a return that it would come back to them in the form of sales and, and, uh, and increase and income. I want to tell you that this is the same idea that God has about you. God is a farmer. God is an investor. He is a God who willingly, He will uh, invest into our lives. Another way to say that, is that God is a farmer, as we started. It said that a sower began to sow his seed. Now, this is, this is kind of difficult for modern ears because we, uh, we don't see farming on a day-to-day basis. We don't see agriculture. We don't plant seeds anymore. We go to Walmart, and we get our vegetables there. But, uh, but how many know that those vegetables don't magically appear in Walmart? They do to us. But those vegetables, those tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and pickles and all the wonderful array of beautiful things you see at Walmart, they all started with a seed. And that seed would never have become a plant on its own without a farmer. Without somebody along the way who took a seed treated it properly, put it in the right ground with the right kind of conditions, and treated that seed in in just the right way, and it brought forth your basket full of beautiful vegetables. I want to tell you tonight, Jesus is revealing his kingdom to us by telling this familiar story of a farmer 
who wants to plant. Let me say it again. A farmer wants to plant. Why does the farmer want to plant something? Because when you plant, he is looking forward to the return. God wants to plant in your life. God wants to invest in your life. Say amen. God wants to put uh, investment and blessing into your life. Why? Because he understands that when you will receive the blessing, the investment that God puts in you, there will be a greater return, not just for your life, but for the kingdom of God in general. So this story is a metaphor of different kinds of people. Because how many know just because you put a seed on the ground does not guarantee it's going to grow? That's what Jesus is teaching us from this parable. There is a certain kind of soil, a certain kind of person that has to be connected with the seed in order for that hundredfold return to occur. This is why when, we watch, when, when you see that program, the Shark Tank, this is why there are so often, I'm amazed that, they're, yes, they're interested in the product or the service that is being presented, but I'm amazed that they are even more interested in the person that they're talking to. They're interested in what kind of person is this? Is this a, new, a newbie, someone who's never done it before? Is this someone that I can trust? Right? They're interested in what kind of individual is this? Because you're not just investing in a product, but in a person. Jesus is asking us tonight, what kind of soil am I planting in in your life? The truth is that the seed is always good. The seed that God wants to invest, the investment that He wants to make is always good. We cannot blame our problems on God's bad seeds. There's no such thing. The seed, as Jesus revealed, He says that the seed is the Word of God. How many know that this Word tonight is powerful? The seed, the Word of God has power to transform hearts, has power to change lives. The Word of God, Jesus was made flesh. The Word made flesh. Can you say amen? And that Word made flesh, it can enter into a human heart and can radically change things. But listen to me tonight carefully. The seed on its own will not grow. The seed needs ground. The seed needs soil. The seed needs proper treatment. The seed needs to be treated correctly. Have you ever tried to plant something? Even just today, I'm teaching this biology class to a group of 7th and 8th graders. And part of uh, one of the... uh, things that we're learning about in Mendelian genetics. We're learning about how different plants can produce other kinds of variations on themselves. And one of the ways we're observing that is it, uh, it asked us to plant 72 radishes. So we got one of those seed starter kits. You know, I bought some seeds in the little packet. And today we planted those seeds, and uh, it says that they are going to germinate in about 7 to 10 days. But listen, there were some very fine instructions that we had to follow. 
right? We can't just open the packet and pour them out and hope that they grow. We have to treat those seeds properly. We had little packets full of soil. It said to take some warm water and pour it over the, the, the little packets. And then I had the students start begin using their fingers and pull away the little uh, uh, carrier packaging, and, and the soil began to fluff out and began to be soft, and we had to create a little hole in the top. And finally, we put the seed in the little hole, covered up. It said a quarter inch, not more than that. Be careful, only a quarter inch deep. Because if it goes deeper or it's too shallow, then it, it's not going to be good. So when you treat the seed properly, and then we have a, 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 a lid that goes on top to create a greenhouse effect. It's going to be warm. It's going to be moist. And that is a great condition, how many know, for seeds to grow. But listen, it wasn't until we followed all those directions. We had to follow the directions if we want to see our little radishes grow. Let me remind you tonight. The Word of God will not do anything for you if all it does is sit on your shelf. The Word of God will do nothing for you if all it does is sit on the app on your phone alongside the Facebook app, ignored. The Word of God is powerful. Powerful than a two-edged sword, the Bible says. But there must come along with that a willingness to follow some instructions. Hmm, I didn't get any amens there. I'm not sure what happened. There must be within us a willingness to hear the voice of God and follow. And so we see in this parable four different kinds of people four different kinds of soil. And I want you to try to identify yourself here tonight. Verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Listen to me carefully tonight. There is such a thing as demonic resistance against the farmer. Can I tell you that the devil doesn't want these seeds to get planted? The devil comes to church too, you know. He's probably sitting back there in the corner watching as the seeds are being planted. And there is a strategy of hell against God's people as the word of God is going forth into our hearts. He is hoping that you are so dead and your heart is so hardened that the seed is just going to spill off to the side so that he can come and devour. It said about this first ground that the, 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 the soil had been trampled down. Everybody say trampled. It means that the, the soil was hard and packed down. When we were there in, in Nigeria, you know, there, there, not every place has... Uh, has asphalt and concrete on the ground there are places where people are just walking and many homes even they they don't have a, a solid foundation it's dirt floors but you know it's amazing if you uh, walk over those dirt floors enough if they exist for long enough they become packed down to the point where you can i, I was always amazed to see people sweeping the dirt floor 
Like, man, what a terrible job, a never-ending story there, sweeping the dirt floor. But really what it is, is there is a layer underneath that is so packed down that it, it's a very hard surface. Some of you, that's what you look at in the mirror every day. Hard-hearted. God trying to plant something new in your life. God trying to speak His Word into your soul. But because hearts become hardened, the Word of God spills off, does not penetrate, and the devil is quick to snatch up what is not planted in our lives. Verse 6 says that some fell upon rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacks moisture. What this is, maybe you've seen this, you've seen uh, maybe walking down the road or in a crack in the asphalt that there is a, a little piece of grass or maybe a little dandelion that springs up from in between the cracks, right? But the problem with those kinds of plants is that the roots are very weak. They're very shallow. The Bible says that it lacks moisture, it lacks depth. Listen, this speaks to the kind of person who only has an emotional response to the Word of God. It's the person that you will come to a service and be emotionally moved by the preaching. Oh, the Word of God so powerful. Touch my heart. Tears come down, but really not making any hard decisions. The Word of God doesn't penetrate deep enough. It's a shallow response, a shallow faith, a shallow obedience. Doesn't grow any roots. The moment that difficulties come, as soon as it springs up, the Bible said, it withered away. Why? Because when it springs up, it's exposed to the elements. This tells us, beloved, there is such a thing as shallow faith. Verse 7 speaks of another. It says, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. I want to tell you this, this is one of the greatest killers of new converts. The thorns of life. The difficulties, the problems, the setbacks. Some people, yes, are planted well. The seed falls and uh, gains root and springs forward. But the problem is the thorns. How many with me? How many remember when you were a new convert? There was a few thorns in your life. I usually warn people who get saved. I say, you better watch out because <coughs> the devil's after you. There's going to be some thorns. Don't let them choke the life out of you. Don't let them steal the nutrients. One of the problems uh, in, in the jungle, Amazon jungle, for example, is that uh, when a seed is trying to grow in the jungle, the problem is that the canopy of trees above has so covered that no sunlight is able to break through. And the, the little trees that are trying to grow uh, from the ground uh, are starving for sunlight because the canopy is covering. I see people in the kingdom of God who are stunted in their Christian growth because of a canopy of problems, whether it's finances or situations, circumstances, and God wants you to grow. But the life is being choked out choked out by the love of money, perversion and lust, career, selfish desires, distractions, 
We live in the most distracted generation that has ever existed. Some of you are distracted right now. You forgot what I was talking about. God's seed will be choked out by other things if we don't pay attention. But the fourth kind of person that Jesus spoke about here in verse 8 says other seeds fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop 100-fold. Everybody say 100-fold. That's powerful. That's the investment. That's why God continues to plant in your life. Because of the hope that one day, one piece of seed is going to find a part of your heart that is fertile ground. And that your heart will be open to hear what Jesus says. And the hope that it's not going to get stolen by the enemy. The hope is not going to get choked out. The hope that it's not a shallow faith. The hope that seed will grow. Listen, one of the, the things that marks a good farmer is he knows how to, right? If you've ever made a garden, you have to prepare the ground. You, you know, you, you can't just dig. You could, but if you want it to be fruitful, you have to treat the soil. Making much making sure there's enough acidity, but not too much, making sure there's enough nutrients in the soil, but not too much. There has to be the right balance of alkalinity and and maybe add some mushroom pelt and maybe add a few things and, and, and then things, right? Remove the weeds. If there's grass, you've got to pull the grass because the grass will choke out your plants. You've got to... Uh, uh, make sure that it's clean and prepared. And that takes labor, doesn't it? It's a a shovel. One of those tillers that you can rent from Lowe's. But what I'm saying to you, the preparation for what God wants to do does not happen automatically. This is why you can't just show up at Revival. Hey, I'm here! People show up expecting God to do a miracle but have not prepared. That we can prepare our hearts to receive. Turn over the earth. I need to use a shovel. That shouldn't be there. Is your heart ready to receive the seeds that God wants to plant? And I can tell you tonight the answer to that question if you are one who ends this parable with this familiar statement that he used in other places in the gospel, verse 8, he said, after he said these things, he cried out. You notice that this is not just he said something, but he cried. He went, wait. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus' exclamation point at the end of the parable. He's saying, listen, the years to hear, nothing will change. And that is because in every human being, there is a difference between listening and hearing. Let me ask you, wives, have you ever caught your husband listening to you but not hearing you? <laughs> Husbands, 
Children, maybe as you try to speak to your parents, or parents, as you try to speak to your children, and, and they hear noise coming out of your mouth, but it sounds like... They're hearing, but not listening. There's a vast difference tonight. We can come to church and listen to preaching. We can... Listen, I've been to a lot of revivals, and I know how it is. We can show up to a revival no matter how powerful the preacher is. We could have Pastor Campbell show up. We could have Pastor Mitchell show up. We could have Tony Chase show up and sweat all over the place. And we could fail to have ears to hear. We could go through five or six services in a row and get nothing out of it. And all of the investment that the church has made goes to waste because you don't change. That's why Jesus said this phrase eight times in the gospel accounts. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. There are people who have ears for the truth, have ears to hear the word of God, a heart like good soil that is the word is able to penetrate and break forth and bring fruit. And there are those who don't. I mean, you know, it's possible to read the Bible and get nothing out of it. There's plenty of atheists in this world who read the Bible and they're still angry at God. Still never, never repent. Hey, even the devil says even the demons believe. Even the demons believe. But they're not changed. I know Christians who hear thousands of sermons but don't hear anything, don't have ears to hear. I know people who come to me and say, Pastor, uh, this is what I'm going to do. And I often try to figure out, so are you telling me this or are you asking me what I think about it? Because there's a difference. Some people just come to inform me of decisions that they've made. They're not, they're not going to consult or gain any wisdom or they're not going to ask for help. They're just informing me. And I can tell that they don't have ears to hear. It's possible to witness revival. It's possible for people seated right next to you, to be powerfully saved and changed, to see God moving and filled with the Holy Spirit and a a revival happening all around you, but to see individuals not even changed. How tragic is that? That in the midst of 12 disciples, there was one that was a devil. How sad is it that in the midst of powerful Book of Acts revival that there's a Simon the Sorcerer who's looking to make a little money on the side. That powerful miracles happening all around, but all he's interested in is his bottom line. He didn't have no ears to hear. Do you have ears to hear tonight? From the crowded voice of penguins calling out, can you hear the unique cry of the Holy Spirit with the message that He has for your life? 
Zechariah 7, verse 11 says these words, They refused to heed. They shrugged their shoulders and stopped their ears so they could not hear. They made their hearts like flint, that's a stone, refusing to hear law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through prophets. Listen to what God said about people who stopped their ears and would not hear the Word of God. He said, Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Just as He proclaimed and as they would not hear, so they called out and I would not listen, said the Lord of hosts. Did you catch that? He said, if you're not going to listen to me, then I'm not going to listen to you. It reminds me, as it was in the days of Noah. You know, Noah was much more than a shipbuilder. The first Newport News shipbuilding was Noah and his sons. And Noah, as he was building his ship, the Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. Did you know that? That not only was he building a boat, but he was proclaiming to a lost and dying world around him that was about to be judged. He was preaching righteousness to them. He was giving them an opportunity. Hey, listen, guys, I I know you might think I'm crazy for building this giant boat in my front yard, but there's a reason why. There's a judgment coming. God told me it's going to rain. God told me the earth will be flooded, and if you don't repent, you're all going to die. Crazy old Noah, come on, man. You're crazy. They wouldn't listen to his preaching, would they? He told them again, listen, God wants to show you his mercy. God wants to forgive you to a dying world that's lost in sin. He's preaching to them for 120 years as he's building the ark, right? 120 years of opportunity, 120 years of possibility, 120 years of the seed being dropped on the soil. And not one. And the Bible says one day, the door was closed. Noah didn't close the door. God closed the door, didn't he? God reached down from heaven and closed up that door and sealed it shut. And then the Bible says it started to rain. And pretty soon... People's had a different opinion about Noah. And they started banging on the side of the boat. Let us in, Noah! Let us in! We're dying! But it was too late, wasn't it? They refused to hear. And so God refused to hear them. How long will God endure your refusal to hear Him? Can God still open your ears while there is still time? Can God soften hard hearts? The answer is yes. But I want to tell you it's not easy. Simple, but it's not easy. If you, I, I remember uh, one of the most precious memories that I have of my grandfather was back in Arizona. Uh, we, he had this house in, in, out in Mesa, East Mesa, 
And in the backyard, look, you don't want to grow things in Mesa, Arizona. The ground was like cement hard. And I think my grandma, Grand Mary, wanted him to plant some roses in the backyard. So me and my brother were employed by Grandpa Cliff. We're going to go out in the backyard and we're going to prepare the ground. We spent a whole Saturday. He brought the tools to us. We both got a shovel. We got a pickaxe. We had bought this thing from Walmart. Look, you can only find these things in Arizona. But it was something you could attach to the end of the hose. And it was a hard metal piece that you could stick down into the ground and turn on the hose and it hopefully would soften that dirt hard, that rock hard ground. So we, we, we pounded this thing into the rocky ground. We flipped on the hose. We left it for an hour. And man, we got to work. We were like on the chain gang, you know? Pickaxe, clang, clang, shovel for a whole day, I remember. Just to clear a space that was maybe, maybe 10 feet long by 5 feet wide. It took us all day. Can I tell you? Sometimes that's what we need in our hearts. Sometimes we need God to open up a few places that we haven't revealed to Him in a long time. It takes a shovel, a pickaxe, maybe, the Holy Spirit to penetrate deep down. I want to tell you, the Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. There's a reason why the image of the Bible that the Bible gives us is one of a sharp piece of metal. Because our hearts, man, they get hard. Listen to what God said to His people in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This is what God wants to do. If He wants to change us, we must be willing to hear. We must be willing to hear. I want to tell you, this little chick, this little penguin chick, was on the verge of death. Maybe hours left to live. And in a miraculous timing, it said in that video, the miraculous timing of nature, mom shows up at just the right time with just the amount of necessary nourishment. Because they heard. Mom called out, dad called back, and they found each other. And because of that, the chick can live. Listen, I wonder how many of you tonight are on the verge of spiritual disaster. How many of us are hanging on by the very threads of our faith? How many of us are barely just surviving and unless God moves, there is certain disaster. If we're going to be changed, beloved, it has to be because your ears can hear 
the Word of God. And our hearts will respond. Let me close with this promise that Jesus gave. The most famous sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And you know, you know the, the sermon that Jesus gave the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. There's three entire chapters in the book of Matthew devoted to this one sermon. It's a beautiful sermon that is still changing the world today, right? But I want to tell you, that sermon is useless without the last thing that Jesus said. In Matthew 7, verse 24, He wraps up the most wonderful sermon that has ever been preached with these words. Last words are important. Listen to what He said. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But, verse 26, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. These two men that Jesus described in the Scripture, stick with me, give me two more preacher minutes. There's a lot of things similar about these men. Think about all of the similarities between the two. Both of them heard the words, didn't they? Both of them heard the same powerful sermon of Jesus. Then the Bible says that both of them experienced incredible trauma, a storm, winds and waves and rain that beat against them. But what was their differences? One of their houses fell and the other one didn't. And how how is that connected? Because the first man heard the sayings and did them. The second man heard the sayings and did not do them. Which one will you be tonight? The proof of having ears to hear is what happens next. The proof tonight of having ears to hear. Pastor, I've got ears to hear. Really? The proof is when you walk out the door who hears these sayings of mine and does them. There is an element of obedience. There is an element that repentance must take place. Not just the seed bouncing off the ground, say, yeah, great word, pastor, and nothing is done. If we want our lives to stand, if we want to receive what God has for us, if we want the investment to create a return, We must be willing to do something tonight. We must be willing to obey. We must be willing to repent of our sins. We must be willing to confront the evil deeds and thoughts and motivations of our hearts. If we want this revival to be more than just a day marked on our calendar, it's because tonight there's somebody willing to take the shovel and bury it into the hard hearts 
of disobedience and rebellion. Coldness. Walking away from the first love. Oh, but if we will, beloved, if we will, we will hear these sayings and do them. I want to tell you, God will build something in your life that will last. God will be able to deposit something in you that will produce a hundredfold. He'll be able to save you from certain disaster in this revival. If you would respond tonight with open ears. Let's bow our heads for just a moment as we close this service tonight. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.